Hey, uh, I'm Ben Fair. If you don't know me, I'm the Creative Arts Minister here at Door of Hope and uh, privileged to continue our series uh, that we're in at the moment of Stronger. And I really encourage you, if you've missed uh, a week somehow, then uh, jump online. We've got all our messages on online, on SoundCloud, on the website, Facebook, uh, podcast, and uh, catch up because they've all been really great, really worthwhile listening to. And uh, it's great to hear them all as a whole in this series. So um, we've had, uh, what have we had? We've had the strength fathering requires. We've had stronger in joy, stronger in confidence, stronger in faith. And then uh, this morning, we had the privilege of uh, the one and only James Morrison in our service. And we, um, we talked to him about uh, stronger in legacy and the importance of uh, having a mentor and being a mentor to someone else. And uh, so I encourage you, that one's going to be up in the next day or so as well online. So uh, catch up on that one if you missed it. Tonight, though, I was given the opportunity just to pick whatever I wanted. Uh, and so... I thought, well, why don't we uh, go with something that's uh, close to my heart and something that uh, we value very highly here at Door of Hope and something that we're all working on together as a community, uh, something that we can always get better at, uh, but something that is always going to be good for us and always something that uh, will continue uh, to grow us and to stretch us and to change us and to better us as people. Uh, so tonight, we're talking about being stronger in the chair. And uh, you may, if you're not familiar with this language, we uh, did a series about a year ago called Daily Hope, 20 Minutes in the Chair. And now, these days, we talk about it all the time. We talk about the importance of spending regular time with God. And uh, we call it 20 Minutes in the Chair, and you basically, you choose a chair or some other um, special place or, or spot and time in your daily routine to uh, prioritize God and prioritize spending time with Him um, in order to be better as people, be better as a community, uh, and be better followers of Jesus and getting to know Him better. Now, um, I want to give you the big idea for tonight straight up front, and I'm going to repeat it and repeat it, and you won't forget it at the end. But this is what it is, okay? Okay. The more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. The more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. In any relationship, we know that time is important and spending time and proximity to the other person is important in keeping that relationship strong. I'm sure we can probably all uh, relate to the story I'm about to tell. We, I had a friend, an absolute best mate in primary school. Did absolutely everything together. We had um, common interests. We um, were inseparable at school. We hung out at each other's places all the time. We did heaps of stuff together. We were absolute best mates. We got to the end of grade six, moved into high school, but we went to two different high schools. And probably in the last 17 years since, we've probably seen each other once or twice. And I don't know where he lives now. I don't know if he's married. I don't know if he has any kids. I don't know if he has or what sort of job he has. I don't know anything about him other than his name. And I could probably recognize him in the street if I saw him. We could probably all think of someone, perhaps, who we've 
had that kind of thing happen to. And we, we didn't have a conflict. We didn't have an argument or anything serious like that. It was just a matter of exposure. We, didn't, we stopped hanging out. We stopped spending time with each other. And eventually, we grew so far apart that we basically don't know each other anymore. Our relationship with God can be really similar to that. It's just like any other relationship. It's kind of like glue, actually. Glue, you can, you can grab two pieces of wood together, and you can glue them together, and they'll stick. But unless you have pressure applied from both sides, eventually the glue will unstick, and the two pieces of wood will separate. And if it's a dodgy job in the first place, then it will happen quicker. And if it's a good job in the first place, even then, if there's no pressure applied from both sides, eventually things will get in the middle, dust and water and whatever else, and something will get between the two pieces of wood and they will eventually corrode the glue and separate. Unless pressure is applied from both sides. Now think of God as one plank of wood, one piece of wood. And he has applied as much pressure as he can. He's done his job. He sent his one and only son for us to make our relationship even possible in the first place. He is 100% reliable, 24-7. He is completely accessible. He, is, he has adequately, adequately applied pressure in his side of our relationships. It's up to us to push into him on the other side for the bond to stick and for our relationship to last the long distance. And it's not just a once-off thing either. It's an ongoing process of pushing in to him that creates that bond. Now, I really love the word bond because we use it in both contexts, don't we? We use the word bond in the context of glue. Glue bonds two things together. And we use bonding in the context of a relationship in the exact same way, you know, father-son bonding or team bonding or um, bonding between a husband and a wife is to do with the connecting and the sticking together of two different things. So the glue bonds us together, but it requires pressure from both sides to do it. Deliberate and regular and over and over again for it to really stick. So I believe that God actually gives us three things that can help us stick together with him. And that is his Holy Spirit, our prayer, and his word, the Bible. And uh, we don't have time to go into all three of those tonight, so what I wanted to do was focus on that third one just for tonight. And we're going to talk about uh, how the word of God and how the Bible helps us in our relationship to God to create that bond that will never separate and that helps us to press into him on a regular basis. So there are three things that I reckon the Bible does for us in that relationship. First of all, the Bible is the bread that sustains us. We have food for a reason, don't we? What's the reason? we get energy from it. It keeps our bodies functioning properly. It keeps us alive, quite literally. Well, just like food keeps our physical bodies alive, the Bible is kind of the spiritual food 
that keeps our spirits energized and alive and growing in Him. I think it's really interesting. We wouldn't eat one meal a week and expect to be physically healthy, would we? If you only ate one meal every week, we wouldn't be healthy. That would not be advisable at all. We have meals every day, don't we? We have one, two, three uh, meals a day, and that's what keeps us energized. That's what keeps us alive, moving, growing, and active and healthy. Isn't it interesting that sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that we only need one spiritual meal a week to keep us spiritually healthy? And sometimes we're tempted to think that all our spiritual energy and all of our spiritual growth when it comes to our relationship with God can come out of that one meal in a week or going to church. But in actual fact, just like we need physical food and nourishment for our bodies every day, we need spiritual nourishment for our souls every day. And we can't just rely on that one meal every week. We have to eat more regularly than that. Otherwise, we'll become sick. You know, the best part about this bread is that it's never-ending. It's like that never-ending packet of Tim Tams. It's just never going to run out. It's always there. We can eat as much of it as we want, and we don't get fat. Uh, And uh, we never have to go hungry. It's always there, but it's up to us to actually eat it. Jesus himself said that, uh, his, that heaven and earth might fade away, but his, his words will never. His words are always going to be there for us. We can, we can completely and utterly rely on the fact that that's not going anywhere. And so we've got this never-ending source of spiritual nourishment. Psalm 143 verse 8 says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. So the Bible is the bread that sustains us, but it's also the light that clarifies. It's the light that clarifies. Psalm 119 talks about this a bit. It says, uh, the word is, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. It says, the unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. And even Jesus in John uh, 8 verse 12 says that, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What's the first reaction when we walk into a dark room? It's to reach for the light switch, isn't it? Or to pull out our phones and get the torch app out. (laughs) We can turn the lights back on now. I found the switch. (laughs) That's the first reaction when we walk into a dark room. And uh, why? Because we don't want to stumble around not knowing where to go. We don't want to trip over anything. We don't want to uh, damage ourselves or damage anything or damage someone else. Uh, We look for the light straight away. Likewise, we should be looking for light when we're in a dark room, spiritually. 
What does that mean? What does that mean? Put it this way. I think we walk around with a torch in our pocket, with an eternal battery. There's no worries about batteries there in our pocket. Sometimes we will walk into a dark room and we don't know what's next. We don't know what to do next. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where to put our foot next. We can't see any obstacles. We can't see anything that we have to avoid. We sometimes trip over unnecessarily because the whole time we've got a torch in our pocket and we're not using it. We wonder, what's God's plan for my life? What should I do next, God? Why can't I hear God's voice? I don't know what to do next. And the whole time, we've got the light that we could be using, and we just don't switch it on. You see, the more we take out that torch and use it, the clearer things become. And it doesn't happen straight away. It's this ongoing relationship. Because the more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. And so the more times we use this torch on our lives, the clearer things start to come. We start to see obstacles that we can avoid and and walk around. We start to see uh, things in our path that could trip us over, but we see it before we get there and we can avoid it. We start to see where our next step should be. We start to see long-term where we're going and what God has for our lives. And can I encourage you, if you're an explorer here tonight, I'm a big believer in the fact that if you're exploring in the right places, you will find what you're looking for. And can I encourage you that this light that we have available to us is available to you too. And if, if you'd pick it up and switch it on and give it a red-hot shot, I'd encourage you to read the book of Mark or the book of Luke just from start to finish. I can guarantee you that light will start to appear in your dark room. You will start to see a little bit of clarity over what this whole thing means about being in a relationship with God. So it's the bread that sustains, it's the light that clarifies, and thirdly, it's the sword that protects. It's the sword that protects. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God and the different elements being different things uh, to fight the spiritual battles with. And it says in uh, verse 17 that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, it's the sword, it's the weapon. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It protects us from three things. It protects us from ourselves. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, it's not that if we read the Bible more, we stuff up less. But if we are focused on God and we're spending more and more time with Him, 
the less control that those mistakes and those stuff-ups actually have on our lives. We are, in effect, giving control over to God, and those things that happen, they still happen from time to time, but they're not what define us. Those things, God actually forgives us of those things. We are, we are His, and we become His, and we focus in on who we are to Him and not what these mistakes make of our lives and the shame and the, the rest of the muck that comes with all that doesn't have a control in our life anymore. It also protects us from other people. Uh, again, in Psalm 119, it says, Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. This is also about proximity and who we're spending time with. If we're spending time or more and more time with people and less and less time hanging out with God, we're going to be more influenced by what people have to say about us, what people will think about us, what people will say to us and about us, than we are influenced by what God thinks about us and what God says to us and about us. So by spending more time in His Word, by spending more time with Him, we are letting that influence our lives. We're letting that influence our decision-making and who we are as people. And when people say stuff to us, when, when the insults come, when gossip happens, when, when stuff bad just happens from other people, we can focus on what God says about us the truth about who we are and how much we mean to Him rather than what they're saying. So the more we spend, more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. Thirdly, the sword that protects, protects us from Satan. Again, if you're exploring, this might, this might sound a bit funny, but as Christians, we believe that we do have a spiritual enemy and the Bible says that he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And his only purpose here is to destroy us spiritually and pull us away from a relationship with God. But you know, the cool thing is, we've got a sword to fight back with. And I love the example in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus sets. And we're not going to read this whole story, but basically Jesus is taken into the desert and for 40 days and 40 nights, and he is tempted by Satan three times. And what does he fight with? He responds by quoting scripture. That's the sword that he uses. And you know why? It's because he knows the difference between truth and lies. The more time we can pick up our sword, the more time we spend in His Word, the more we start to clarify and decipher between what is truth and what are lies. And the more we have the capability of fighting back against those lies with the truth, with God's truth that is in His Word, the Bible. If we're not spending time in His Word, if we're not spending time with Him, we find it much harder to sift through the mark and to find out what is truth 
and what is lies. And we kind of let our sword go blunt or we leave it in its sheath and we don't even pull it out and we forget that it's even there and we just kind of take the hits with nothing to fight back with. So it's the bread that sustains, it's the light that clarifies, and it's the sword that protects. And the more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. So I've told you why, now I want to show you how. How do we do this? Well, there's a couple of things. Firstly, if you're already doing this kind of thing, 20 minutes in the chair, regular daily time spent with God, spent in His Word, spent praying, spent journaling uh, in worship, in reflection, whatever it might be, great job, well done. Do 30 minutes in the chair. I reckon, I want to put the challenge out there, every 12 months, Extend it by 10 minutes. Because 20 minutes in the chair is just the goal to start with. Because remember, the more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. 20 minutes is just the start. So if you've been doing this already, and this is regular for you and routine, and and you're good at it, and it's working, and it's great... Can I challenge you? Lift your game. Do 30 minutes in the chair. Do 40 minutes in it. Do 60 minutes in the chair. And I can guarantee that you will grow. You will grow faster. You will be challenged more. You will uh, be energized quicker. You will be clarified quicker. Your sword will get sharper and sharper and sharper. And you'll know when to use it and how to use it. If you want to start this process, or if you want to kickstart this process, to be honest, about a couple of years ago, I had to kickstart this process in my life and give it just another jump start and get it going again. It happens to all of us. Things happen, life happens, and we get lazy perhaps, or busy, or whatever it might be, and every now and again, we just need a, just a booster, get it going again. If you're in that boat, I'll give you some practical steps. Firstly, find a chair. Find a chair. It doesn't have to be an actual chair. It's not about the chair. It could be a chair, but it doesn't have to be a chair. It could be a stool, or it could be uh, a place, or it could be um, your couch or on the floor by the fire or whatever it is. It's about finding something that you can do as a routine in your life, something that's easy. Make it easy for yourself. Don't make it hard for yourself. And make it as easy as possible. You, you know yourself best. So do what works best for you. If morning works better, morning works better. If nighttime works better, you know yourself. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You find what works best. Secondly, though, we've got a bookmark available if you want some help. In fact, you all have bookmarks on your chairs. So if you don't have one uh, and you want to grab one, you can just take it home. I feel a bit like Oprah. You get a bookmark. You get a bookmark. You get a bookmark. I'm so generous, aren't I? Yeah, you all get bookmarks. (laughs) Grab that. That's a great way that we can, as a community, follow along in this journey together 
And um, those readings are specially designed for seasons that we go through as a church, and um, they match up as best we can with sermon series and all that, so you can follow along with, with us and do it as a community. Secondly, um, there's a journal. We have a Daily Hope journal, and that's for sale. Uh, it's, it gives you structure on, on how, to, how to structure your 20 minutes and the ability to write stuff down so you don't forget write thoughts down, write prayer down, write uh, things that just pop out. Write it down so you don't forget. And uh, they're for sale. If you, if you would like one and you're just sort of starting this journey and you can, you can commit to me that you're going to do seven days in a row, we'll buy you one tonight. So just come and see me and we'll get one in your hands, no cost, tonight only. Special, special deal. Uh, but we want to set you up as best we can to get this right. Uh, th- fourthly, YouVersion. Uh, YouVersion is our, our Bible app that we use here. Um, there are plans on that as well, and they're more specific. Okay, So if you want to be a better leader or a better um, parent or a better friend or you're going through grief or you're going through stress or whatever it might be, there are plans that can, can help you in those times. There um, they're designed to bring light if you're experiencing a dark room. They're designed to give you energy in areas that you need it or a sword in, in areas that you need it. Uh, so I encourage you to get on that. Or you can also use that to connect with friends and uh, see what other people are reading and read what uh, they can read what you're reading and you can keep each other accountable and encourage each other. And finally, I encourage you to start tonight. St- do your first one before you go to bed. And you might say, oh, I'm a morning person. I'll, I'll do it in the morning. That's great. That's fine. You can do it in the morning. But start tonight. You can do it in the morning, but start tonight. And do your second one in the morning. <laughs> because the longer you leave it, the less likely you are to do it. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We all know how we are. It's the New Year's resolution thing, isn't it? You've got you to just do it. Otherwise, it won't happen. So I encourage you, if you're wanting to, and you're serious about this, start tonight. Get your bookmark, get a journal, get your Bible, find a chair and put away 20 minutes tonight and start straight away. Because the more time we spend with God, the more satisfying our relationship with Him will be. The more productive we'll be as people as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as a community together. Encourage you, challenge you, keep up the good work. Come and have a chat if you want to, or we can pray for you afterwards if you like that as well. But we're going to sing another song right now. We invite the band to come up for another couple of songs. Let's just pray as they do that. Lord, We just want to thank you for the fact that you're pressing hard on your side of the relationship. We thank you that you're always there. We thank you that you've created the ability for us to have a relationship with you in the first place. We thank you that you're 100% accessible, reliable, 24-7, unmoving, unchanged. You have always been there. You always will be there. Lord, tonight, I want to pray for those people who want to commit and recommit to spending more time with you. 
Perhaps people are exploring this whole idea of a relationship with you. And I want to pray for those people, Lord. Lord, would you start to bring light into their dark room? Would, they, would things start to be clearer for them? For the rest of us, God, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to meet with you in freedom. And Lord, we just pray right now that we continue to press into you on a daily basis. For the rest of our lives, until, until we live with you for all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.